We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS Friday version. I am Scott Jensen, joined today, as usual, by Andrew Laird. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We appreciate them for that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that would be fantastic. If you enjoy listening to us, could leave us a bunch of stars, leave us a good comment. It does go a long way towards uh, helping the podcast, also helping people find the podcast, which is always a good thing for everybody involved. Uh, we are at week two. Thank goodness, Andrew. I do not like week one for DFS. How are you? Why not? Week one's great. Uh, because I'm a very much like look at the stats, uh, study the game, watch uh, watch recaps of the game, watch the actual games on Sunday, and I get I get none of that week one. I also think that my my season long um, kind of bleeds into my DFS. I'm doing like drafts that last week, and I think like in my head, you know, a good value in season long. I'm like, oh, well, he's really cheap in DFS. I should play him, and it just that doesn't really work that way. So I think I I get a little confused with, in week one, and you know, week two I can kind of really separate them a lot better. I think that's a uh a great point though of like people who wait to draft and there are guys that you're like this guy's gonna have a really good season and he's just so much in your mind you're like going to dress like i gotta get this guy or get these few guys and then all of a sudden you're like looking at the dfs page and you're like oh wow he's cheap yeah like i'll play him this week and it's like you forget that you were interested in him for 17 weeks and not just this one so i could see that being a problem thank thankfully i uh i don't play season long at all now so 
I don't have those. Uh, after uh, after drafting Corey Davis and OJ Howard and Ooh. Joe Mixon, I uh, I am on your I'm on your side already. <laughs> I'm telling you, it really doesn't take long to to finally realize that. What at least you, you mean like an hour and a half is not very long. <laughs> I just uh, for silly stuff like that, like it's uh, DFS at least makes you feel better just from the I don't have to like look at these. If you're if you're looking at them as mistakes, like I don't have to look at this mistake all season; they're just gone. As is your money. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. I, it's weird. I think you know, like baseball is a great season long sport. I think NFL is a great DFS sport. Totally agree. Totally agree. DFS baseball is nuts, but um, yeah, baseball is made for that. I mean, like the it's a it's a league of accumulation. Uh, yeah. Like we love big numbers in baseball that like that span hundred years, and um, yeah, football. I feel like. You know, everybody knows like the big round numbers in baseball, 3,000 hits. It used to be 500 home runs. Now I feel like people just walk into those. But um, yeah. But like, what are the big football numbers? Like, we think of like single season ones, you know, like everybody tries to get 1,000 yards. And, um, but like, if I was like, is 10,000 yard, career yards like really good? I think most people would be like, ah, it's, I, it sounds good, I guess. Like, no, there's no like benchmark that we, we're going for. Yeah, I would probably go like a hundred touchdowns, maybe. But even that is like, I think there's like probably twenty five guys that have that. But uh, yeah, there's no like, there's no like six hundred home runs or three thousand hits, right. like you say, or three hundred wins. It's just it's kind of built a little differently. Yeah, and wins don't even matter anymore, Scott. That is uh, that is true. Let's not uh, get <laughs> sidetracked on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the so the week two slate in the NFL uh, is an interesting one. We have uh, when you look at kind of the, the you look at the Vegas lines, you look at everything going on. We have. Uh, Two games that are over 50. We have Kansas City at Oakland with a total of 53.5. Kansas City favored by seven. We have uh, the Rams and the Saints, a really fun game in L.A. Rams favored by two over under 52. And then in low total games, we have uh, the Bears at the Broncos. Obviously, the Bears defense and the the Broncos offense makes us a low total, 40.5 there. The rest of the slate is all between 43.5 and and 48.5. There's only one really low game and only two really high games. Uh, this is a slate we're definitely going to figure out uh, which game we think kind of breaks out of that middle mold. Yeah, and uh, it's weird because even some of the ones that are in the middle aren't like expected to be close. Like we have the uh, Ravens Cardinals. Uh, last I looked was forty six and a half, but like the Ravens are favored by thirteen. Yeah, and obviously the uh, Patriots Dolphins, which is the highest one on this little group at forty eight and a half. We got Patriots minus. Last I saw was eighteen and a half, which. Um, it's just wild. I to have see. I have eighteen and a half. The current line at the Westgate Sportsbook in Las Vegas. So yep. Jeez. And then uh, the on the lower side we've got um, Texans Jaguars, which is forty three and a half total with uh, the Texans minus nine and a half, which is a pretty big, um, pretty big spread. So it's like we have uh, kind of a mix or a lot of these like in between games. But if you just kind of look at everything by the implied total, like single team totals, then it kind of separates a, a few teams out. It really does. If uh, if you're in Vegas and you're betting that New England game, what the heck do you do with that? Um, I saw a tweet about this um, that I thought was really smart, and I apologize to whoever uh, tweeted it because I can't remember who it was. But they said the the smarter play might actually be taking the Patriots over 33 and a half, and that like just forget All about right. the spread, forget about the the game total, but. Based on like what we've seen uh, on our giant sample size of one uh, Patriots offensive game and one Dolph- Dolphins defensive game, thirty-three and a half is like a, a more achievable number. That uh, that's that's a pretty good call. That actually might make sense. Do you think that 
you know, Belichick maybe takes it a little easy on the gas in the second half just because Brian Flores, the, the Dolphins coach, is a, is a prior Patriots coach? Uh, no. No? All right. I mean, the words I use to describe Bill Belichick, not in public and not <laughs> on like a safe for work podcast, um, would imply that, no, I think he just goes out for the kill every time. The, the difficulty with the Patriots, and we'll kind of get into them uh, all throughout, is that like they could score 33, 34, let's call it, in a number of different ways. So you're like, oh, I'll just take Brady or I'll just take, yeah. you know, and it's like, the game you take Brady is this Sonny Michelle three touchdown game or James White has two or we get that stupid Burkhead game that um, <laughs> basically already happened. So, like, I don't know. It's uh, it's not as easy as like, oh, let me just get some Patriots. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting as we as we go through. I'm uh, I don't think I'll be rostering too many of them myself, although if you go back and look at that Baltimore Miami game last week, uh, 59 points with Lamar Jackson throwing five touchdowns. Right. Uh, he didn't even, he didn't have to run. It's crazy. Like everybody's like, oh, he didn't run. Well, he didn't need to. They didn't need to take a hit. Everybody was wide open. He was just hitting guys over the top, hitting guys in the seam for easy scores. It was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty wild to see just how bad that Miami defense was. Yeah, and uh, it's funny too because like nobody played Lamar Jackson for his arm. Like nobody. Oh, let me right. take that back. Uh, I saw um, whoever won the FanDuel Millionaire. Uh, played like the a Ravens passing stack, which is was like so sharp. Once I saw it, like they you know huge favorites, and everybody's like, oh, well, it's Lamar and his legs. But, like, right, just he can throw the he's a quarterback. He can throw the ball too. And uh, as soon as that happened, you're like, oh man, I we we all missed that one. But um, yeah, it's it feels subsequently like a game where Bill Belichick's like, oh well, I know that you can be beaten through the air, so let me show that you can be beaten on the ground too. Yeah, it's always it's hard it's hard to figure out uh, the Patriots not that they're going to blow somebody up, but how they're going to do it. Right, right. You just start building narratives because like either way works. Like you can make just as good a justification for the running game as the passing game. So now you start making things up just to justify the way that you go, which is never a good idea. And just to throw a throw a wrench in there too, we don't really know if Antonio Brown's going to play. Right. Yeah, so exactly. that, that totally changes it up too. I. Uh, you know, everything you read makes it sound like he's going to play. I just don't know if the NFL is going to step in, obviously, with all the allegations going on and kind of just put him on the sideline for a little bit. But uh, it certainly seems like if he's allowed to play, the Patriots are going to use him. Yeah, I mean, the, he's there to, to be used. And so it's it's they're, clearly they're not going to put any discipline on. So, like, if he's good to go, then it's not like he's coming in uh, after holding out. Like, he, well, I guess he sort of practiced with the Raiders. But, like, you know, he's in shape. And um, it's right. just a matter of, you know, learning the playbook, which – uh, based on who he is, you would think he'd be able to pick stuff up pretty quickly. And um, I don't know. I that's that's a tough one. It uh, it very much is. It makes their passing game really tough to uh, to figure out for right. fantasy football. Right. But um, just a note: we'll, we'll be hitting the, in the most of the games on the main slate. Uh, the primetime games uh, this week we miss out on our Tampa Bay Carolina was last night, and it looks like we didn't miss out on very much. Uh, Cam Newton does not look healthy to no. me. Uh, it's a it's a big big concern moving forward with the with the Panthers offense. Uh, they weirdly didn't use Christian McCaffrey very much last night. Like he at one point in the start of the fourth quarter, he had like 13 touches total. It was just an odd game overall, but uh, one that I'm glad we missed from a DFS perspective. Perspective. We do lose uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta. Uh, that's the Sunday night game. That is available on the Yahoo slate, but not on the DraftKings or FanDuel slates. Uh, good game, though. It's a, it's a 52 and a half over yeah. under. Uh, so that'd be a, that'd be a very fun game, a good showdown game if you're gonna if you're gonna play there. And then uh, Monday night we miss uh, we miss your Jets uh, in all their glory right <sighs> now, uh, facing the Browns. 
Uh, it's really too bad that Sam Darnold's hurt because this game, this spread was like a three point spread. And I loved Cleveland before that. I just love them coming off the uh, coming off the bad game. Not really anything to do with the Jets. I just love the, the, the week two bounce back. Uh, but now that spread is up to uh, six and a half, so it makes it a little bit tougher on the road. But uh, I don't know. That's uh, the Jets are kind of a mess right now. Is that how you say, like he's hurt? That's that's the term we're using. Uh, okay, he has mono. He has mono. He's not playing. Like... He has mono. Yeah, I, 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 it used to be the kissing thing when you're in high yeah. school. I don't know. It's not really that anymore. But uh, he's basically miss, just uh... out of high school. I mean, he's like <laughs> I, I believe fair. last year he was the youngest player in the NFL. Um, I did see a meme on Twitter this morning. It was off of the. Uh, of a laughing Bill Belichick saying that. Oh, uh, I saw a different one. Of, like the like the two like high school people like making out and like kissing each other's face. It was awful. Oh, that no no no. The one yeah. I saw was Belichick laughing, and it was uh, like Demarius Thomas was like the carrier, like he had mono, <laughs> which like uh, is Demarius something Thomas, that he would do. Demarius Thomas is doing something important. Then that's good. Not Belichick, or not yeah. Thomas Belichick. Um, I understand. Yeah, it's it's just awful. Um, but yeah, on the main slate we we do our best to talk about DraftKings and FanDuel. And we were discussing this yesterday that um, there are some players on DraftKings who are puzzling, puzzlingly underpriced um, that last week I felt like because we had prices so early and the, they, they were generally, all the player prices were like generally close, at least in terms of like where certain guys broke down in their position, position positional salaries. You can barely speak this morning. Um, but this week we have like some gigantic differences and uh, we get some of that because of the Monday night game. So um, we were talking about how the, some of the Raiders are really cheap. Uh, the Texans are, you know, like guys like Duke Johnson are kind of cheap, but we don't necessarily get that on FanDuel. Um, did you find that like your lineup on DraftKings and FanDuel were similar last week? And do you see, think that they're like going to be very different this week? Uh, I do. It, it was weirdly. I mean, you talked about the, you know, the Monday night game, the Raiders and Broncos uh, DraftKings must have had their prices out before that. Yeah, they they did. clearly didn't adjust for that. Um, they didn't push guys up as, as FanDuel, like Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams are really, really low on DraftKings. Yeah. I think they're going to be very popular, especially in a, a game against the, the Chiefs. It's supposed to be really high scoring. And then um, I just thought the tight end pool in general, DraftKings didn't bump any of them up and FanDuel did. You look at like someone like TJ Hawkinson's like the 20th uh, tight end on DraftKings and almost min price at 3000 whereas he's moved up to like the fifth or sixth tight end on FanDuel. It just seems like DraftKings didn't adjust for week one. It's, it's kind of odd. Yeah, and... Um... It's funny because I actually think they're like I still don't think they're the best plays. I'm gonna go a bit. We'll get we'll get to tight ends later, but right. um, yeah, it is kind of Hawkinson was the weird one because he didn't play Monday, so like I'm not yep. there was no excuse there. But yeah, going through the prices and you're like, oh, I can take advantage of these cheap Raiders. And uh, I when I first go through uh, all the prices and and the players, I basically like plug guys in as if I'm building a cash lineup, and because uh, Jacobs was so cheap and Tyrell Williams was so cheap and Waller was so cheap. And I like have them in. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I cannot go in with a cash lineup with three Raiders in it. Like I, they're cheap, but like this is, this may be going a little too far. Yeah. I mean, it's a high over under in a game where the chiefs defense doesn't really scare you, but yeah, you don't want to be, you know, that, that game could get out of hand. The chiefs are fair by seven. I don't think you want to go three Raiders in a cash lineup. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I mean, I think, Josh Jacobs will will be popular because he's cheap. Um, right. I think, at least on DraftKings, with Hawkinson's actually cheaper than Waller. That, I'm, in order to kind of avoid this unnecessary Oakland stack in cash games, like you could easily play him. That um, I think Williams is actually going to be the one who should be 
the the highest owned, at least in cash games. Like, you know, you, you generally look for these guys in the 4K range uh, so you can pay up in other spots, and he just fits that mold perfectly. Um, so I don't know. I think Jacobs will be popular, but I'm not sure he's actually the right build. They were part of the right build. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So let, let's jump into the running backs. But first, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. The Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy, easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a U.S. citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So on the uh, on the top end of running backs, uh, I definitely have one guy that I prefer pretty significantly. But we have Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, and Saquon Barkley uh, all over 8,000 on DraftKings. Uh, Kamara, Kamara's 8,200. Zeke is 8,700. Saquon is 9,200. Uh, do you have a preference among the top here? Uh, I I wrote uh, in my DraftKings article that I think it's Kamara. Yep. And the reason for that is as basic as that game is going to have the most points in it. And that doesn't, and the Rams I and mean, the uh, saints have a, a higher implied total than the giants. And so like, that's kind of what made me push him ahead of Barkley. I think the, the Cowboys actually might have a, a higher uh, team total than, uh, than this, the, the uh, saints. But um, with Ezekiel Elliott, like he said this week that he's ready for like a full load, but it's not really up to him. He doesn't decide all of the carries he gets. So like there's like an ever so slight hesitation there, but like, I think I hate to say, like, I don't think you can go wrong with, with any of them, but I think for me, Kamara is ahead of him. Yeah. I, my hesitation on Zeke would be more than ever so slight. I think that they're easing him in. I think that, uh, I think that you can't underestimate the fact that he didn't practice at all until that first week. And Mm -hmm. there's just the, the kind of wear and tear. He mentioned his body was really sore after the game. It's just, you know, being in shape is one thing, but being in football shape and used to taking those hits and your body kind of gets used to it, it is a big difference. I think that, you know, he played 37 snaps the first game. He had 13 carries. You can kind of see them ramping him up. You know, they mentioned 20 snaps and they blew by that. Yeah. Uh, but I just think in a game that they are, they are favored. They're favored by, uh, you know, five and a half over the Reds because they get ahead. I think they pull back off him. I just think we have at least one more week of, of not full scale Zeke and I'm not willing to pay up the price this week. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's reasonable. Uh, I don't think... Um, like I, I think if people play him, like that's fine. Uh, I think you know he almost makes more sense in a lineup like with one of the other guys. Like if you really want to like go nuts on running backs, right. like having him be the only one, I feel like you're kind of leaving stuff on the table because I, I just think Kamara and Barkley are better plays this week. Yeah, I mean Kamara is just electric. I mean he was so good on Monday night, and he had the key was he had 20 touches, which is a lot for him. That you know his first game post Mark Ingram, uh, Latavius Murray scored and had a pretty good game too. But Kamara was very much involved. Uh, this is a situation where the the game script is great. You know it's a high over under. The Rams are fared by a couple points, but essentially a close game. And it's one of those games that you know Sean Payton knows they're going to need Alvin Kamara in a big way to, to compete in this game. And those are the games that that you want Kamara. Uh, Kirsten McCaffrey lit up the Rams week one. He had 200 combined yards. He had 10 catches. Um, I, 
think Kamara's in a perfect spot here. And $1,000 less than Barkley. And I love Barkley as a football player, but I think the Buffalo defense is, is very good. They looked really good against the Jets. They were just kind of swarming everywhere. Um, you know, if you wanted to go off the radar a little bit and you're going to get Barkley at a, at a lower percentage than normal, I get it in a GPP situation. But uh, I just think Kamara's a better play this week among the three guys. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly fine. Like, I, I kind of... Uh, you know, you look at Murray's touchdown, and it was a little fluky. It's not like he took, like, a goal line carry away from Kamara. But um, right. you do kind of expect him to get more touches than Wayne Gallman and um, and Tony Pollard. So, like, I, I I understand the, like, Kamara losing a few touches uh, opinion. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, like, they're going to have to score points in that game. Like, that's how you keep up with the Rams. And so, I don't know, I just— uh, it seems like a pretty clear shot to me. On a scale from one to ten, how hard is you not to mention Paul Perkins right now? <laughs> uh, it's a ten. It's a ten every day. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I, I thought you were gonna sneak it in somehow, and yeah. I was a little disappointed you didn't. <laughs> um, dropping down to the mid range, you know, I think the mid range is still the mid range this week. They didn't uh, bump up too many guys too high. Obviously, Dalvin Cook was very popular this week. He's up to seventy two hundred on DraftKings, seventy nine hundred on FanDuel. Uh, James Conner's in that range uh, against the against the Seahawks. He did not have a good game last week, but no. they kind of got game scripted out of that game. The Patriots were up, you know, seventy five to nothing in the first quarter. So that you know, he just kind of went away from from Conner. He still got you know a majority of the running backs looks, and you know they took him out. And you know the, the Steelers still weirdly played their starters in the fourth quarter of the game. But we'll get to that. We talked to talk about Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, and who do you like in the mid-range here? You know, there's Chris Carson again who had two touchdowns last week. There's Austin Eckler who had a monster game in, in week one, including a, a, an overtime touchdown, a walk-off that win. Uh, who do you find yourself uh, kind of gravitating towards in the six to $7,000 range? Eckler, like, jumped out at me right away. Um, but I think, unfortunately, there are, like, a lot of guys that you can play. Uh, you can sort of make uh, – give a reason not to play all of them. It, it, I mean, this is why – this is what you get in the mid-range. Um, but right. I think Eckler – just how they used him everywhere just seemed like such an such a clear path. And now that Hunter Henry's out, and um, looks like Mike Williams might uh, miss time. I'm not. I haven't seen the or they haven't even practiced yet today. So we're you know we're not sure um, if he's in. So like there are now targets to be had. We'll talk about Keenan Allen a little bit, but like I think Eckler is the best one of that group. Um, but like I said, like if Sonny Michelle, like he could have the big game. I don't think you can like rely on him as much, but. Again, he's the starting running back of a team that is supposed to score a thousand points this week. Um, is Mark Ingram underpriced at six thousand on DraftKings? Uh, I do think so. I think I think people are overreacting a little bit to the to the, the carries by Gus Edwards. I mean, that game was over like yeah. fifteen minutes in, and Ingram had a fifty-something yard carry in the first drive. He scored twice. He's clearly the goal line guy. That was very evident that he's a goal line. Granted, Lamar, you know, will have some have some carries inside the five and score some touchdowns. But uh, Ingram is clearly the running back when uh, when they're in near the goal line. It's just a good spot with Lamar as a threat. I mean, we talked about it a bunch last week. You know that there has to be a linebacker on the other team that has to watch and spy Lamar Jackson. Just the way it is, he's as fast as a regular running back. He's gonna run. I know he didn't last week but he's going to um you know ingram last week is 14 for 107 and two touchdowns there are gonna be big holes for ingram all year um i love this spot you know he, he faced the dolphins last week who are bad defense but the arizona defense is bad too like it's not like he's right, suddenly yeah. facing the bears <laughs> this week i mean it's 
At 6,000 on DraftKings, he's probably my favorite play in the mid-range. He's up to 7,500 on FanDuel, so a little bit tougher there. But, you know, he's not really a receiving guy. He can catch the ball a little bit. He did a bunch with the Saints, but, you know, they didn't use him much in the running in the passing game last week. But they didn't really need to either. Their wide receivers were running, running wide open. Uh, I love Mark Ingram. I think that I've read so many stories this week about, oh, be careful, Gus Edwards and carries. But if you get in a closer game, he's going to be the guy. And if you get a blowout game, he's going to – you're likely going to be there because he did some damage early on. Uh, I just think he's over, underpriced again this week. I, I agree. The the thing that actually gets me in it, it was, I mean, I guess it works hand in hand that like everybody's talking about Gus Edwards, but like 14 carries really isn't that many. And I'm yeah. looking at the other guys in this range, um, Connor, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, uh, you can even go below Derek Henry, Marlon Mack. Like it still feels like even in a, in a perfect situation from, for Ingram, 20 carries seems like a lot. And I kind of want guys who touch the ball more than that. And like, Obviously, um, they don't have a home matchup against the Cardinals, but um, that's like my only hesitation on Ingram, that I'm just not sure that the volume will be there, at least in terms of carries. And so, you know, there's there's risk there if he can't, you know, explode for a 50-yard run in every game. There is, and I think there's gonna be there's gonna be games this year where he, you know, you you look up, and you're like, why is Ingram in the game? But uh, I just think the efficiency is gonna be there. I think the opportunity is gonna be there, especially at the goal line. I uh, I like him a lot this week, just you know, based on the fact the matchup Arizona. Uh, drafting to 6,000, you know, kind of a price play for me. Like you look at someone like Dalvin Cook, who I love, but he's 7,200. Yeah. He's 1,200 more than Ingram and looked fantastic week one, but he's off the turf. He's a guy to me that feels always a little bit faster when he's on the turf. He's at uh, at Green Bay. The Green Bay defense looked really good in opening night. I'm probably the biggest Dalvin Cook fan there is, but just not for this week for me in DFS. It's kind of surprising to see the price difference between Cook and Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones is 5,400 on, on DraftKings. It's not like they're the same back, but like, you know, they're, same game basically. And, uh, I don't know, not that I'm playing Aaron Jones at 5,400. Like I think the guys in this 6,000 range are better, but it just doesn't seem like those two players, particularly with a game at Lambeau should be like that separate. Yeah. I just, uh, the, the usage on Aaron Jones yeah. worries me. He had 13 carries last week in a game that was close against the bears. It just didn't oh, so really seem one, like he was it's only one less than Mark Ingram. Yeah, but you know, he, had 30, <laughs> he also had thirty-nine yards. And I just, yeah, I, I just worry about, uh, I, I worry about what Green Bay does with him. They don't really seem to ever fully commit to him. But mostly for me, between him and Ingram, it's just the matchup. I mean, the, the yeah. Vikings defense is really tough. Uh, they were really good last week. They completely destroyed Devontae Freeman. He did nothing in that game. Um, I just think it's more matchup for me. It's two guys who you know I, you're not going to get twenty-five carries out of. But I just think the efficiency, efficiency, and the, and the red zone stuff is is heavier with Ingram with me than, than Aaron Jones. Yeah, no, I, that's totally. Totally fair. That I realized that like going through my entire lineup and I built, I've already built like five or six lineups that I'm just like, I have no interest in this Vikings uh, Packers game, like for any position, it seems. Which is wild, right? Like Vikings right. Packers, you think lots of stars, lots of points, but you know, when you look at those first games, Vikings defense looked great. The Packers defense looked great. Aaron Rodgers did not look so great against Chicago. But, um, you know, I know there's a lot of week one. You got to be careful being, you know, being over uh, over reactionary to stuff. And I love week two bounce backs. I love guys who struggle week one, getting them in lineups because you wouldn't think it. But a lot of DFS percentages, you're going to see some guys that are lower than they should be because they had one bad week. Mm-hmm. People are recency bias is a very real thing, especially with casual you know, DFS players. Yeah. Uh, game log. Game log watching is a thing. Like people definitely do it. But like just look at the totals. Like Packers, Vikings, 44, Titans, Colts, 44 and a half. And you're just like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, are you gonna really buy big into the Titans Colts game? So I mean, I understand it. Um so the the guy that I feel like um will be ta- or we should talk about is Giovanni Bernard. 
Um, you brought up Joe Mixon earlier. It sounds like he's pretty doubtful to play. Uh, didn't practice Thursday. Um, we're taping this too early Friday. I know if he's going to practice, but um, where does Bernard fit um, with you versus these other guys? Because obviously he's kind of, he's, he's an expensive backup. I'll put it that way. Like he, he's um, priced in the range with like Jones and uh, Matt Breida and, but like he will have, well, actually Brita will have, should have more uh, touches in that game as well. So like, where do you look at those two guys and where they fit in with kind of these six to 7,000 guys on DraftKings at least? Yeah. I looked at Bernard. The first thing I thought was like, I wonder if he's like, you know, 4,200 yeah. becomes really <laughs> interesting and he's 5,300 on DraftKings. Obviously the, the mix and injury was one that DraftKings did adjust to Fandle did too. He's at 5,700. Yeah. Um, at that price, I just, I think there's just other guys I like more. I mean, he'll be obviously heavy, you know, way more involved than normal if Mixon doesn't play, but he's still a guy that's not going to get uh, the, a ton of carries. He, you hope you get a lot of touches, but, um, you know, I think he's game flow dependent. I think they, if they're behind, he, he gets really interesting. If they're ahead, I think they probably use other guys to, to melt the clock a little bit. I was, uh, I'm a 49ers fan. I was happy with the win last week, but I was not overly happy with how the offense looked overall. Um, so I, uh, I just don't know. I just feel like I like Matt Breida more. Uh, I think that he's, uh, he has more chance to make some big plays in that game. And I like some guys, if I'm going to go cheap, I like some guys that are maybe a thousand less than, than Barron. So he kind of fits in a, a weird spot for me where if I'm going cheap, I'm going probably less. And if I'm going uh, a little more expensive, I'm going to bump up to, uh, you know, someone like Mark Ingram or someone even like Josh Jacobs is cheaper than, yeah. than Bernard too. And I'm a little wary about Jacobs too. You mentioned earlier, he's uh, very underpriced on DraftKings at 4,700, uh, especially after a really a game where he looked really good on Monday night. He had 24 touches and, you know, they leaned on him in a big way. And after the game, they're like, this is our game plan. We're going to lean on Josh Jacobs. Uh, but a game where, you know, he could get uh, game scripted out pretty easily if Mahomes is hot early. It seems it. Um, like, Jalen Richard is there. He's, like, the pass catcher. And it's not like we were like, oh, Jacobs was, like, a three-down back last week. You know, he was playing all these passing downs because they just, like, didn't have that many passing downs. Like, they were winning. They just wanted to run this, the clock out. So I feel like we we don't know enough of how they're really going to use Jacobs. Like, obviously, the plan is we'd like to run him into the ground. But generally, right. that includes, like, getting ahead and keeping a lead. And against the Chiefs, even in, in Oakland, like, I'm not sure you can necessarily play that game plan. So, but I agree. Like, Bernard and Brita are just in this kind of weird range. Duke Johnson is there, too. He was another, like, Monday night, um, like, late price. And, like, every time Carlos Hyde touched the ball, you're just like, why... <laughs> Why is he touching the ball? Like, it seems like the everyone was like, this is a perfect situation for Duke Johnson. And Bill O'Brien's like going out of his way to be like, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> and it's like, can you actually play somebody like that? Uh, I am not. I mean, I, I the, the crazy thing with Carlos Hyde, he actually looked pretty good when he was carrying yeah. the ball, too. Yeah. So uh, I think it's pretty clear that uh, they're going to use Hyde. Duke Johnson is still the change of pace guy, but more involved than he would have been if Lamar Miller was there. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I can't do it. The other guy I wanted to ask you about in this mid range uh, we haven't talked about yet. Six thousand on drafting, seventy five hundred on on Fanduel is Derrick Henry. Uh, <sighs> had a really big game uh, last week. Had that long uh, screen play where he didn't even get touched. The seventy five yeah. yard touchdown. Um, you know, it, the Austin Eckler pretty much lit up the Colts defense uh, last week. I know the Colts uh, are a very good team. You know, they lost Andrew Luck obviously, but still a lot of talented players. Uh, how do you feel about Henry this week uh, home against the Colts? I feel like I'm always the last guy on Henry and uh, I'm, you not, and me both. I'm not necessarily like now going to overcorrect to be the first one. I mean, it's, but it's true though. Like Eckler dominating, the Titans don't use Henry. Like the Chargers use Eckler and like their offenses are very different. Like I feel like uh, Tennessee just looks so good. And 
that that result was just so unexpected. And now we're kind of overcorrecting um, to be like, oh, no, actually, the Titans are really good. And, um, you know, in the NFL, we, we've talked about there are like small sample sizes. And now we're literally using the smallest of sample sizes. Yeah. But like, I can't fault you if you if you play them like the the uh, the game seems to work out perfectly. They're at home against a team that just got lit up by Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is not Alvin Kamara. He's not Saquon Barkley. And so um, it makes sense. He, I think he is priced correctly, like with these other guys that of Ingram and Carson, uh, because you don't, you know, he's not a dominant um, running back in the sense. So we, um, I think he's, he's, a very good option. I'm just not going there myself, probably. Yeah, and it's funny. Even if you take the Austin Eckler receiving out of the mix, so if you kind of just look at their 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 rushing attempts, you have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson last week against the Colts. 18 carries for 115 yards. Uh, looks pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, I'm always the last, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of am with you there on Henry, too. Just It feels like the uh, the ability to have really bad games is uh, is more than it used to be. But uh, I don't know, the second half last year, plus week one, uh, a pretty uh, pretty impressive guy uh, the last maybe you know seven or eight games that he's played on the field. Yeah, for sure, for sure. On the cheaper side, there's two guys that interest me the most. Uh, down at 3,900 on DraftKings and 5,300 on Fanduel, we have Chris Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darius Geis is out this week, and Thompson's uh, you know a guy I like a lot more on DraftKings just with a full point PPR. He had 10 targets last week, seven catches for 68 yards. This is another great game for a game script for him for for them passing the ball. You know, facing Dallas, five and a half point underdogs. Uh, with the way the Cowboys looked last week, uh, throwing the ball over the place, you know they're they're probably going to score points against the Redskins. Uh, I think Thompson's underpriced on DraftKings at 3900. He seems like a really good like you know as you as you build your roster and you get two good running backs, seems like a really interesting guy to throw in the flex spot. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good call. He. I mean, he's not going to be a three down back. Like they no. still have Adrian Peterson who will like plot his way to something. Every time he t- is one of those, every time he touches a ball, it's not in Thompson's hands, but I don't, like, can we, are we way overreacting to Washington too, though? Like they're not that good. I mean, they uh, lost last week, but like they gave a lot of people a scare with that Eagles game. And then, um, then we saw who the Redskins really are, but I don't know. I like, I agree the the PPR certainly helps. Um, but I almost look at it as you're, you're using a roster spot on somebody who probably isn't going to produce as much as like a Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean, that's true, but you're also saving what 2100 yep. from that, that yep. mid range. And, I just think that when he's healthy and he gets a lot of targets, but he's very, very game script dependent. If the, if the Redskins happen to, you know, get in the lead or even have a close game, you know, they're not throwing the ball as much. Case Keenum had 44 passes yeah, last right, week, which right. is probably not going to happen again. Um, he's definitely a, I think he's obviously, he's even like more of a GPP guy to me, you know, but if he gets 10 targets, it's, you know, seven for 68 last week, something that's 14 points right there, rounding up a little bit. And mm-hmm. if he scores, you know, suddenly it's a really good game. Uh, but he's a guy that's very game script dependent. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, it's weird because the the makeup of player that he is seems more uh, comfortable for cash games, but given that it's he's very game skip script dependent, you could, should probably use him for GPPs certainly for that salary. Um, so he's kind of like this in between player that like you're not sure where you should be using him. Yeah, I actually think he's a really good player too. So when they when they do use him, he gets the ball in his head. It's really fun, and he, mm-hmm. he's pretty uh, pretty good. But uh, you know, there there are going to be games where he has you know three carries and two catches, and you, right. you just can't use that obviously. Right, right, right. 
Uh, and we saw Jamie Richard last week. Exactly. The other guy uh, in this range is Devin Singletary uh, mm-hmm. at the Giants, who looked terrible on defense. Singletary uh, only had four carries, but he had 70 yards. Those four carries also had six targets. He outsnapped Frank Gore 45 to 19. Uh, it was pretty clear that, that he's on the field way more than Gore is right now. Uh, tough guy to play uh, coming off four carries, but any interest in him at 4,200 on DraftKings really cheap against the Giants. Um I'm confident enough in saying that I've seen every single one of Singletary's touches in the NFL. <laughs> um, like the Jets couldn't touch him. Like right. he looked, he was by far the most explosive, explosive player on the field. And they, it seemed like Buffalo figured out later in the game that he should be on the field more. It's, it's obvious that if they get ahead, uh, he's not going to be the answer though. Like he's going to be the guy to, to bring them back uh, because like he can score anytime he gets the ball. And Frank Gore is, will get you three yards every time. And that sometimes that's what you need. And so um, I think he, like Singletary, will always have kind of this ceiling or this cap on his ceiling because uh, if the Bills are successful, then they go away from him. And if they fall like way behind, you have to wait until they fall behind before they start to use him. And so um, I think he's certainly worth um, some GPP looks because. Um, I mean, the Giants are horrible, um, particularly defensively. And so, right. um, yeah, he definitely makes sense. But, I, you know, you just you're going to have to take this leap of faith that they're going to give him the touches that he clearly should be getting. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, you know, kind of looking at the running backs as a whole. I'm a lot, a lot of Camara on the top end. Uh, I'm going to be mixing and matching probably Eckler, James Conner, and Mark Ingram in the middle, and then uh, sprinkling in some uh, some Chris Thompson, Devin Singletary, and Josh Jacobs at the bottom. Anybody else uh, that we haven't talked about running back-wise that you wanted to uh, you focus on? Um, not not yet. Um, but why do you like Carson? Did I say Carson? I meant Connor. Did I say Carson? Oh, I thought you did. Oh, I'm sorry. What, that's right. <laughs> you did say Connor. Why do you like Connor? Uh, I like Connor because I like Pittsburgh to bounce back this week. But uh, the thing that holds me back on Connor is I love the Pittsburgh passing game this yeah. week. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be stacking a lot as we get to I'm gonna stacking a lot of Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith Schuster. But on lineups where I go away from that, go somewhere else, a quarterback. I think Connor's an interesting mix. I think Pittsburgh's gonna win this game. I think they're gonna win this game going away. I think we're gonna see a lot of James Connor in the second half. Okay, that make I just wanted to get that through because like I think there are gonna be a lot of people who look at that at what Andy Dalton did to Seattle last yeah. week, like in Seattle. And there's like, well, Ben Roethlisberger is significantly better than Andy Dalton and the receivers are better. And um, so like, they're going to go there, but um, making that jump of like, well, they'll get ahead and then Connor right. will take over. Just wanted to get that out on the pod. Yeah. I love, I love the Pittsburgh passing off this week. I'll be using a lot of them, but on lineups, I don't, I think that Connor and I think Connor will be overlooked a little bit. He was, he was bad last week against the Patriots, but I think I was all game script. I think there's no issues with him. And I think he makes a really interesting play. You're going to get a, a low percentage. He's not that cheap. He probably 6,800 and 7,700 on the two sites. Uh, I just think he's going to be an interesting spot for, for rosters where I don't use Roethlisberger to kind of get a low percentage guy who I think is a stud. So because they're going to beat the Seahawks, you have no interest in Chris Carson. Uh, I really don't. I, I like Chris Carson as a player. Um, I just think he's going to have to. They're going to have to score, and they're gonna, I think they're going to have to come back. But I think the running game is going to be a little bit muted this week, and they're going to have to open up a little bit. They're going to have to throw the ball more than they did last week. Uh, even in a close game, they only threw the ball 20 times last yeah. week. Carson did score in the passing game. I think he's very involved. He's a guy that I've been using many times here. It's just not for me this week. Okay. I got you. 
So before we get to the passing games, the quarterbacks and receivers, a note from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place. You can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps identify, immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with full confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone myself. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I actually used a SeatGeek app last year. I was in Brooklyn for a for some work, and I went to a Warriors-Nets uh, game. Ooh. It was really easy. My buddy went on SeatGeek. He got two tickets. Actually, could could text me the one ticket uh, on the SeatGeek app. Worked out perfectly. It was really easy. Uh, there's a lot of great events coming up. We have college football every Saturday now. Of course, a full NFL slate that we're breaking down currently every Sunday. Also, the Major League Baseball playoffs start in three weeks. Seeking's a great place to get seeks to watch, to watch Matt Chapman and the boys in Oakland make a deep playoff run. Best of all, my listeners get a $10 off $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONFL today. That's promo code R-O-T-O-N-F-L for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. So, Andrew, on the uh, on the passing game side, uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, uh, obviously Pat Mahomes is the uh, top-priced guy on both uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. He got rolled up uh, and limped in the second half a little bit. He had over 300 yards passing in the first half. So, they, you know, a little bit, they just kind of took it easy on him. He looks like he's okay in practice this week. No Tyreek Hill, though. He hurt his shoulder. Uh, still, has, uh, still has a lot of weapons, but how much does no Tyreek Hill drop the ceiling for you on Pat Mahomes? Uh, I mean, it has to drop it at least a little bit. I just think yeah. um, there are enough guys who are cheaper this week that you don't necessarily have to have Mahomes. Not that you like had to have him last week either. Um, but it makes it a little tougher. Not tougher, but like you're you're not as reliable with a, like a chief stack now without Hill. Um, obviously, plenty of people are going to be on Sammy Watkins because yep. he's the number one guy now. The um, the conversations that like people are having about like whether Sammy Watkins is good or not, not, I mean, obviously he's good, but like people are saying like he's either a top 10 wide out in the league or maybe he, um, you know, is like so overrated. It seems like the injury thing is really the only thing that holds him back, which is basically held him back from being as good as he was last week for his whole career. So, um, I mean, theoretically it gives more touches to, or looks to Travis Kelsey, but um, I don't know. I, it's it was more uh, that I was more negative on the on like a chief stack than I was specifically about Mahomes himself. Yeah, I, I kind of agree there. I'm definitely going to have some pieces of this offense, but I think it'll be kind of you know on their own. We'll talk about wide receivers in a little bit. There's some yeah. cheap, cheap wide receivers in GPP on the Chiefs. I think are really interesting. Obviously, Travis Kelsey uh, going to be an interesting play. We'll get to tight ends, but there's so many cheap tight ends yep. that I wonder if uh, Kelsey might be lower percentage than normal. Uh, next quarterback, I want to ask you about uh, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, uh, the talk of the NFL this week, five passing touchdowns last week, 324 yards passing. He was 17 of 20, a perfect passer rating, and and looked really good passing the ball. Granted, he had guys that wide open, but you still have to hit those guys. Uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown looked really good in his, in his first NFL game, had the two long touchdowns. How do you feel about uh, Lamar this week? 6,700 on draftings, up to 8,200 on FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, again, though, we talked about it when we talked about Mark Ingram. Another great matchup. He's against the Arizona offense. Matt Stafford has a ton of passing yards against them last week. Uh, how much are you going back to Lamar this week for another uh, another piece of the action? 
I feel like everybody got really excited about Lamar Jackson, both like last week and when he took over last year, because he was always on the cheaper side. And so it felt like you were stealing him because you really didn't have to like lay out that much. And now like we're getting to the point, we've gotten to the point where like, you're going to have to pay to, to get this production. And, right. um, you know, it's a 10 AM body clock game for the Cardinals, which, you know, is always, uh, something people like look for. I mean, there's, it's, it's like still strange to me to like, look at this Ravens team and think like, this is an offensive juggernaut. Like we're just not used to it for years of Joe Flacco. And now, um, obviously the team is very different, but like even going into the season, you wouldn't have expected them to ever get close to 60 points in a football game. Like right. it, it, last week was just such a, a rare event just in, in, in the NFL as a whole, not to mention like a Ravens offense that like we weren't expecting this from. So I think there's like, I think that they're the two clear top guys this week. Like th- they should be the two most expensive ones Deshaun Watson's like right behind. And I think you could make the argument that he, that he's in their tier, but I, it just seems like there are enough cheaper guys in good situations as well that I'm not sure Lamar is like necessary this week. Yeah, there's there's two quarterbacks they'll get to that are both under six thousand draftings and eight thousand family by love. So that yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I just there's other guys I like more, but I think it'd be interesting this week because Arizona's defense is not good. But I, I wonder what we're gonna see. You know, if is Miami's defense bad or is like historically bad? I think right. we'll find out this this week. You know, you get Arizona team that's just bad. I think that they had a few moments against Detroit, but uh, you know, Stafford lit them up pretty good. But I just I think we'll get a, a good feel this week about just how far off that chart Miami is in terms of the awfulness of their defense. Well, it was just such a peak passing performance from Jackson. So like, what happens if he just goes back to like where he normally is, right. which is still like fine. I mean, he's not. An elite, but you're not going to be hitting 60, 70 yard plays with that much ease against any other defense. Exactly, factors. exactly. Well, yeah. we don't I mean, think was, so. This it was would be so, the. It was so easy. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, you know, they were like, now we're like, oh well, he can throw really well. So like now the rushing is just kind of extra. Whereas we used to think the total opposite. Whereas like we're we're basically playing a running back in a quarterback position, and anytime he throws is just kind of a, a little sprinkle that we get. Uh, as a bonus, but um, like they're not going to be games. This is not a hot take, but they're not going to be games where he throws for three touchdowns and runs for two more. Like right. there's probably only going to be a handful of situations where he has like an excellent passing game and an excellent running game. And it's fine to get one. Like we saw last week, even though it was like a, a peak ceiling game, but um, I don't know, like what happens if now they're like, well, maybe he shouldn't run that much. And then he has like, uh, you know, he kind of regresses a little bit from the best game he's ever had. <laughs> and so now it's like, is he actually worth more than every other uh, quarterback on the slate? Yeah, that's uh, all a good point there. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see what they do against Arizona. I think that uh, we're going to see uh, Arizona has to account for the fact that those, those deep passes and how they were doing that. And I mm-hmm. think that you probably get some more running this game. But uh, before I get to the two guys, I really like it in the cheaper range. Um, two guys I want to ask you about quarterback wise, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, both <sighs> off really good games last week. Brady's at Miami this week. We talked about, you know, the game script is wild here. Like Belichick could run it up. They could pass the second half. They could shut it down and run the ball the second half. Will Antonio Brown play? Uh, personally, I just hate relying on, you know, the first half TDs all being passing TDs. If he has like, if, if they score four touchdowns in the first half and two are passing, two are rushing, you're suddenly in a spot where like your ceiling's not going to be very high with yeah, Brady. You're done. Um, you're, you're just kind of done there. You kind of have to hope for three or four passing touchdowns early. 
I'm not going to play Brady. I just think this game is going to be a slog in the second half, and it's going to be a blowout. Uh, but I get that they could get there with Brady, just just not for me this week. Yeah, I I, I think he's like a fine GPP play because um, like you can stack him with uh, Gordon and Edelman if if Brown doesn't play. Um, it becomes a little bit easier. But uh, just like you said, like there's no clear way that New England is going to beat Miami, and uh, even if they scored 59 points, like it's possible that Brady doesn't have Lamar Jackson's game. And so there's just like so many, there's just too much uncertainty there. And it's, it's like, you would expect them to run more than, um, than the Ravens did last week. Uh, But that doesn't necessarily hurt Brady. Like, obviously it takes like passing opportunities away, but with Dak, like if you expect Ezekiel Elliott to get more touches, like that directly takes away from Prescott. And so, um, he's another one that like you can stack with Amari Cooper and um, Michael G- uh, Gallup. And if you really think Jason Witten's going to score two weeks in a row, go nuts there. But just the, the increased usage of Zeke has to take away from Prescott. Yeah, I think so, too. And interesting on, on the on the Dolphins part, you know, we, we talked about how, how, how much Lamar Jackson did, but still only threw 20 passes. They still ran the ball. Their running back still ran the ball 38 times. Right. So it's, uh, you know, it was kind of spread out with Edwards in 17 and Ingram 14, but uh, they, they still ran the ball a lot. But uh, yeah, I agree there. I'm, I'm the same with Dak. I, I think it's interesting, you know, how much does Kellen Moore make a difference as offense coordinator? Mm-hmm. Their offensive game planning and calling the last couple of years was atrocious. Yeah, it was. Uh, Prescott has weapons. You know, Michael Gallup looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper looked really good. Uh, Jason Witten looked old, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, I mean, he's got great weapons. I just like guys cheaper, and I guess we'll get to those. Uh, there's two guys that uh, right under 6,000 on DraftKings, right under 8,000 on Fender I love. The first is Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good game script, and I, I kind of like the narrative script here, the fact that they didn't do very much in the passing game against the, the Panthers last week. It was a very quiet game for Goff. I love that when that happens week one. They're coming back home. He had 22 touchdowns in eight games at home last year with 9.0 YPA at home. He was a different quarterback at home. Their offense was different at home last year. Um, I just think people are a little bit off them after the end of the season last year. He, he struggled down the stretch, struggled in the playoffs, was bad in the Super Bowl. And then you take last week on top of it. I think there's a lot of, like, I've seen a lot of Jared Goff's not a very good quarterback comments this yeah. week. And, you know, Drew Brees coming this game is a way better quarterback than Goff. And I just, I think it's a, a, a bit of overreaction by people. I think Goff's going to be under, under-owned this week. And I think he's going to be really good in a game that's a really fantastic game script. I, I love golf this week. And oh, nice. I think so. Um, I when I was reading uh, Chris Liss's um, beating the book column uh, right. this week, or it was either that or an East Coast offense that he thinks that the Saints are two and a half points better than the Rams in L.A. Like and I kind of responded to that like the Saints needed a 58 yard field goal to beat the Texans at home. Whereas the Rams yep. went like cross country and won in Carolina. Now, now that we've seen another game of Carolina, I guess that doesn't look like that great. <laughs> but like, I, why don't we think that the Rams are like an elite team still? Like, obviously this is a very good game of two very good teams, but like the game is in LA. Goff is so much better there than he is anywhere else. And he has three elite wide receivers who make his job so much easier. Like, it's not like he's playing, throwing to nobody. So I don't know. I, I just the the Jared Goff negativity like baffles me because it just seems like it's it, it's we're taking like these random situations where he wasn't good and we're like see and we're just ignoring all the good stuff. 
Yeah, I think it's a gigantic Super Bowl hangover that kind of got, uh, you know, everybody got the, their confirmation bias in week one in terms of his stats. I think it's a, a way overreaction. I think that Goff's going to be good this week. I think McVay's going to make sure that Goff's good this week. I think we're going to see a lot of points this game. In a game like this where, you know, close spread, a lot of points, uh, I want the quarterback in that game, especially the home quarterback. Right, for sure. And and that's not to say that, like, Drew Brees is a bad play in this game because, like, again, we're expecting a lot of points. But, like, I'm not – Right. I don't see a need – to pay more for Drew Brees, who as well has all these great weapons that that he can use. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I love the Rams this week. I I do too. Uh, the other quarterback I love this week is Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. 5,800 drafting, 7,600 on FanDuel. Another huge overreaction game. They were terrible last week against the Patriots, but they just got... It just, they just got run, and it just, it just kind of snowballed on them. You know, they couldn't get it going early, and all of a sudden you look up, and you know, the Patriots have you know are up 20, and you just, those games just tend to happen in the NFL. Um, I trust Roethlisberger to bounce back pretty big this week. Uh, you know, and it's hard to ignore just how bad that Seattle defense was last week. There, uh, we talked about last week. I think Seattle's defense is super overrated just because mm-hmm. of the Seahawks. And everybody thinks they're still good. They have almost none of the players that they had. That whole right. legion of boom is gone. Cam Chancellor's gone. Earl Thomas is gone. Richard Sherman's gone. Those are three like all-time defensive backs that have left that left that team over the last few years. And their secondary is not good. Andy Dalton had 418 yards. John Ross had two big touchdowns, and they were both like broken plays mistakes in the secondary it's not john ross just beating them you know there's a ball kind of a jump ball and ross just out jumped the guy there's a bad play by the db the other one was a flea flicker where they totally got burned on it and, mm-hmm. and ross ran for a touchdown but you know tyler boyd had a lot of action i just you know anytime you see andy dalton throw for 418 <laughs> i get it that the zach taylor sean mcveigh offense is different there in cincinnati they're a lot more interesting than they were last year but I just think the Seattle secondary is really bad. I think Roethlisberger is going to exploit it in a big way. Uh, Goff and Roethlisberger is for me, and, and, and Price Down are, are my two main quarterbacks by a pretty significant margin. And the benefit about Roethlisberger is that it's significantly cheaper to stack like the Pitts, the um, the Pittsburgh passing game than it is the Rams. Like right. you're not going to get Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup cheap, but um, Juju Smith-Schuster is obviously on the higher end. But when you have Moncrief, who had was like a, just abysmal in that game. It was really bad. But like t- 10 targets, it's like tough to avoid yeah. that. It sounds like they're going to keep throwing to him. And then uh, James Washington um, is like the star of the, of, air yard, of the air yards list. Um, yeah. That, and those two guys are significantly cheaper than a lot of the wide receivers that you're going to look at. So like a, a full Pittsburgh stack um, makes sense. And I think like you were saying, like you think that Seattle is going to have to throw a little more. So if you want to throw like, uh, Metcalf in there from Seattle, like, I, or, um, you know, you can probably stack this game because, um, it's not, you know, it wouldn't be shocking if this was one of the higher scoring games of the weekend. Yeah. I like, I like this game as a, as a game stack. I like, uh, I like a Roethlisberger Juju Vance McDonald too. Oh, I, yeah, think that, sure, uh, sure. I think Vance could be pretty involved and he's cheap. I think he's 3,900 to yeah. win at the tight ends. I like that too. I like, uh, I like going back with a DK Metcalf. Uh, he, he looked good last week. Yeah, he, he looked did. like the he looked like a just an animal. I know he's a he's a you know a, a combine beast in a in a workroom you know weight room animal. But you know six targets, four catches, eighty nine yards. He looks like he's explosive. He looks like he's big and strong, obviously, which we knew. But Wilson obviously trusts him too. They had a couple of balls that were kind of you know he, he kind of gave him the trust. He's gonna he's gonna make a play over a DB when he was covered. And Tyler Lockett had the big touchdown, but only had two targets. I think they're gonna get him more involved if he plays. He has the back issue. But I really like a I really like a Seahawks and then coming back with at least one of the the Seahawks receivers. 
on that note, we talked about the Rams game. I like a I like a Rams stack coming back with either Alvin Kamara. You come back with like a Traquan Smith or Ted Ginn yeah. if you wanted to get cheap. But uh, I think even Jared Cook is a comeback in, in a Rams uh, Saint stack is really interesting. So it, it's interesting you, may, you bring that up. I you know I love the you know stack one side then get one guy coming back the other way. You know you want that getting back and forth. If your guys are going to go off any kind of GPP setting, you're going to need all your players to go off. So you might as well go for a game that you think is going to go crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the Pittsburgh Seattle one is is easier to stack salary wise than than Ram Saints because obviously I mean Traquan Smith and um and Ginn are, are on the cheaper side but literally like everybody else you're gonna you really have to pay up for and right. it I, the only problem I think with stacking we're trying to stack Ram Saints is that it seems like one that a lot of people will try to do like uh even though the the Chiefs Raiders game has a higher total um I don't know like how far you're really going to stack that game I mean I guess you could do like a Mahomes Watkins Kelsey with Tyrell Williams coming back, um, Jalen Rashard. If you think that's how, you know how they end up having to come back, but I don't know. It just seems like the Rams Saints. It's easy, you know. It's all the guys that people know, and so um, right. that might be a pretty popular stack. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, the Steelers Seahawks. Uh, I think that game's going to be going to go over. I think that game's going to be really interesting, and I think that we're going to see the Seattle secondary get lit up again. Yeah, I mean, like you said. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was last week or one of the earlier pods that we did that, that Seattle is definitely overrated defensively. And it really is the secondary. That's the, like the worst part of it. And so yep. that plays perfectly to Roethlisberger. And I think it's going to take two or three, maybe four weeks before people really fully get, uh, get that with Seattle. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. The one game Any, I wanted to okay. ask you about. Yeah. 49ers at Bengals. Can we stack this game? Uh, I think it's a kind of a sneaky one. I think that the you know the Andy Dalton and the Bengals looked different with with Zach Taylor calling the offense. Uh, I think the 49ers pass rush must improved. You know, a lot of Jameis Winston's mistakes were them getting pressure, getting in his face, and and the interceptions. But uh, yeah, I think you could if you wanted to. I don't think I go full stack, but you could go something like uh, you know I actually preferred Tyler Boyd this week over John Ross. I think that the John Ross hype will be a little bit much, and you could go with a, a Dalton uh, Dalton Boyd stack and then bring bring Matt Breida back the other way. The problem with stacking this game is it's almost impossible to figure out four nines receivers. You'd have to go yeah. George Kittle, George Kittle, I think, if you went to, went that way. Yep, yep. Which I mean. I like perfectly fine I mean, with me. Yeah. Kittle, uh, Kittle, you know, his game looked quiet last week, but uh, you know, if you look closer, he had two touchdowns called back by holding yeah. Holmes. Yeah, yeah. And he is, I mean, they're feeding the crap out of him. He's clearly the guy. The rest of the receivers are kind of, you know, who's open at that moment. But you know, George Kittle had uh, what he have uh, 10 targets last week, eight catches. He's clearly the, the focus in, in a heavy, heavy way in that passing offense. And it's very much not Dante Pettis. It is very much not Dante <laughs> Pettis, who is uh, definitely having that star, uh, getting a little less, a uh, little less shine in that star, but each and every week. Yikes! I mean, I don't know if I was more surprised by that or the Tyler Lockett situation. Although, like the Lockett thing was always funny to me because he was like a low volume, high efficiency guy, and everyone's right. like, "Well, Doug Baldwin's gone, so the, the targets have to go somewhere else, and so they're definitely going to go to Lockett." And we kind of ignored the fact that like, maybe they just don't throw as much, even though they didn't even throw that much already. And so everyone's like, this Lockett result is shocking. And it's like, no, this is literally Tyler Lockett. This is what he is. And, and that was the game where they, they trailed some of the time yeah. and it was a close game the whole time. They still only threw the ball 20 times. Yeah. It's uh, I, I, I don't know how you, how anybody can feel good about Tyler Lockett on a week to week basis. Yeah, and especially he's got a little bit of a now back he's got injury his back now. Issue, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a terrible thing for receivers. So speaking of receivers, 
my favorite guy in the top end this week, uh, you know, I, I think pretty obviously from how we're talking about the Pittsburgh game is Juju Smith. He did have a toe issue. He got in the last drive. I had no idea why they were in, why they were throwing the ball down 33 or three or whatever <laughs> it was. Um, but, you know, you know, we mentioned that uh, the, the Seahawks secondary, we've already talked about that. But, you know, uh, Tyler Boyd and John Ross last week, 15 catches, 218 yards, two catches, two touchdowns combined. A huge week. I love Juju this week. 7,500 on DraftKings. 8,100 on FanDuel. I think he's my play this week over DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams. I think he's my favorite play up in that range. I I agree. Um, I put Devontae Adams not in this group. Like, I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster, Hopkins. I I hate to, like, not include Thomas, but, like, the the total lack of, like, long passing to Thomas like bothers me. <laughs> yeah. And, but you know, in, on DraftKings at least with full PPR, you got to always consider him. And I think I'd put Keenan Allen in this group too. Like I think with no Hunter Henry and Williams possibly out, like we talked about Eckler should be plenty used, but like Keenan Allen, who, who was awesome last week, like I think he's going to be a heavily targeted receiver like every week. And I think you can maybe put him ahead of Thomas and I don't necessarily want to put him ahead of Hopkins because like, it's just ridiculous how good DeAndre Hopkins is like against anybody. Yeah. But this is the week where he has to prove it's against anybody because of uh, Jalen Ramsey. And he's been pretty good against Jalen Ramsey, yeah, but been. at the, at, at the price, I just, you know, I'm just not going to pay up for it. You know, if, if Hopkins was cheap because he's facing Ramsey, sure. I'd be all over that. But at 8,100 on DraftKings, 9,000 on FanDuel. I just think it's a week that I'm not going to pay up for him. You mentioned Michael Thomas, and I, you know, I agree with you on the, you know, the, the touchdowns, the deep balls. But I looked last year at his game against the Rams: twelve catches, yeah. two hundred eleven yards, and a touchdown. He was an absolute monster against the Rams last year. How much do you put into that? You know, the Rams defense is pretty much what they were last year, and we're going to get a game maybe similar to that. Do you put a lot of weight in that, or just kind of that's a, that's one off game? I don't put anything into it. Okay. I like. I really try to not, um, be, because we're we're taking something that's a very small sample and we're trying to be like, no, 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 it's, it's a more applicable sample because it's the same thing. It's the same situation. And then if you look, you know, if you can look further back and there are games where Thomas was not that good against the Rams and you're like, no, 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 but we've seen that he has a great game. And it's like, right. Right. But like, we've seen the opposite as well. And so, uh, I mean, again, there's going to be a ton of yards and a ton of points in that game. So I understand going with him, but, um, I think, Smith-Schuster probably has more upside um, in a game that you and I at least think is going to be pretty high scoring. Um, but the one guy who's like a little behind here who is now like a prove-it guy is Sammy Watkins. And yep. do you put Watkins in this group with these guys? Uh, I don't yet, but the fact that he's in that Chiefs offense makes me very tempted to. Uh, Andy Reid is excellent to get people open. I mean, his, his Watkins' second touchdown, there was literally nobody within like nobody. eight yards of him. It was it was crazy. Like everybody's like, oh, Pat Mahomes. I mean, I think Pat Mahomes is awesome, but that was like the easiest pass. Yeah, ever. I mean, that was that was the easiest seven yard touch I've ever seen. But uh, that's Andy Reid for you. I mean, he has a quarterback who's really good, and he has a, a, a scheme that's excellent. He gets guys open. I just wonder if you take Tyreek Hill out of there and the game plan this week going with the Raiders is, you know, Tyreek Hill's not playing. Where last week it was, Hill wasn't there, but their game plan was still, you know, there was still Hill, Hill, Hill. And once he goes out, you know, I think it takes a little bit to kind of readjust to that and readjust mm -hmm. your game plan kind of mid-game in flow. But this week, they know there's no Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins is their focus on offense, and I think that I'll just go with, I'll go with Travis Kelsey or a cheaper uh, Kansas City guy for some upside, I think, before I go with Watkins fully priced. Okay. All right. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with, with that. I think just from like a, a floor perspective, I don't think 
he necessarily like Watkins doesn't need as many targets as these other guys, which may like work in right. his favor. But um, in the, when you're playing guys in this range, like you're expecting a ton of volume, and um, the the Chiefs have been able to, and obviously Hill has been around for a lot of it, but like the Chiefs have been able to be successful without necessarily like feeding Watkins. And so if you're just relying now on a few like broken plays or missed tackles so that he can go for 80 yards, like that's not as reliable as guys who are as heavily targeted. Yeah. And the, the Raiders secondary did not look good last week. I know that. I mean, they, uh, they, they didn't face a powerful offense in the, in the Broncos, but Cortland Sutton under 20 yards, Emmanuel Sanders at 86 yards yeah. and a touchdown. Uh, so I certainly am not, uh, not fading anybody against the Oakland defense. I just think that Sammy Watkins fully priced. I like other guys in the range more, but uh, you know, it's a little scary with the chiefs offense. Cause you know, they're going to score. It's going to come from somewhere. I'm just banking it's not going to come from Watkins this week. Yeah, I think the difficulty is that we're we're used to seeing Watkins priced like the, a number two, and now right. he's priced like a number one, and we're like, no, no, no wait a minute, I should be getting Watkins for five thousand, but like he, I think he's efficiently priced at seventy two hundred, but now we you know we have a one game sample that shows he deserves to be there. So we talked about the uh, the Rams offense a bunch with Jared Goff. We've got. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cook, 6,400, 6,300, 6,000, respectively. Do you have a preference among these three guys or just got to kind of, you know, stack different guys in different lineups? Do you have a, do you have a, a feel for which one of these guys you like the most? Uh, Cooks always seems to be third for me. Um, because me, me too. I, it's just a, a big play guy, but he's always yeah. third for me too, just based on targets. Exactly. And that's, that's always the way I look at it. And so uh, when I like started building a cash lineup, you know, if I, if I had one with Goff, and it's like, all right, well, let me go get Cup or let me get Woods. Cup usually is ahead just because, um, like, catches are more important. Not that he's getting, like, so many more looks than Woods. But but Cooks is always the the third consideration for me, at least in cash games, because it just seems like they're, he's always throwing to Cup and, and Woods. And so it, the difficulty is that he because he kind of spreads it out, they become less reliable, which, you know, is why we get them for 1000 or $2,000 less than the upper-tier guys. But um, I Cup is ahead for me. Um, but you know, if you said I'd like woods, then I, yeah, I'm not going to kill you on that one. Yeah. I think it's kind of close. I, I do like woods. He's probably my favorite guy in the situation. I just think that you look back at, you know, game logs last year and obviously the 13 targets week one, he just always is involved. There's never a game where he has under, you know, seven targets. Say there's a couple last year, maybe at one was week 17, but every game, uh, you know, he had, I think he had three games all last year. We had less than seven targets. He's just always involved. Uh, I think this game is going to be very back and forth. Woods is my favorite guy. I'm, I'm cup second. Also um, 10 targets last week. He looked, uh, he looked pretty good for that, you know, coming back off the knee injury. I just think what you're getting a little more explosiveness from woods, uh, maybe a little more, uh, Cup, they do like Cup in the red zone a, a good amount, but I just think Woods. I think you have the you have the targets plus a little bit more big play than you do with Cup. I think that's a perfect read. That's a, that's exactly right. And I feel like Cooks, you have the it's the opposite. You have the big play, but you don't necessarily have the targets. Right. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Cincinnati, San Francisco, a game. Uh, a guy I really like this week is Tyler Boyd. Interesting enough, you know, almost everybody uh, we see, you know, Fanduel has a higher uh, salary cap, so they're 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 the players are almost always higher. He's actually cheaper on Fanduel. He's sixty three hundred on Fanduel, sixty five hundred DraftKings. He's a big time Fanduel play for me. Uh, everybody's talking about John Ross. He had those two big plays, but Tyler Boyd had eleven targets last week. He had eight catches. He only had sixty yards, but he's just a guy that I think is going to be very very involved this week. I think that, like you said, Cincinnati Steps could probably be a little more high scoring than most people think. Uh, I love Tyler Boyd this week, kind of off the, you know, everybody's talking about the other guy uh, narrative here. Yeah. The, I mean, their prices uh, at least make it easier to stack them. Like they're not, it's not like you're paying for two number ones and Ross like produce like a number one. Um, I think everyone will go to Ross this week. 
because he's so much cheaper, uh, which obviously makes Boyd significantly more attractive for GPPs because like he is the better receiver. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think uh, the only hesitation I have is like the Niners defense isn't bad, Scott. It's uh, it looked good last week. Yeah. They got a lot of pressure. Uh, Nick Bosa did not practice the last couple of days, but I think he's gonna be fine. Uh, I'm not fully buying in on uh, on how good they okay. are, but I think the, the the pass rush up front is a big big difference. They haven't had that in a few years. Makes it, it's amazing what a good pass rush how how much better it makes the secondary look. Absolutely, and I mean Andy Dalton isn't exactly like somebody who loves to stand in on pressure. So I don't know. I I, I like the idea of Boyd and Ross in a game that like we. You know, if we're expecting 70% of Dalton's production from last week, um, yeah, I, I like it. I just think, you know, Ross per dollar, you have to think that he is probably the more productive of the two, no? It, well, on DraftKings, yeah. I mean, he's Tyler Boyd's $1,900 more on DraftKings. On FanDuel, Ross is $100 more. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's, that's pretty wild. That's a pretty wild difference. That's a that's a big reaction on yeah, Mike Fandle on, on Ross's week one. Uh, I just like Boyd in this offense. You know, it's not Sean McVay's offense, but it's kind of a similar thing. Zach Taylor's trying to recreate that. I love Boyd and kind of that Robert Woods role in this offense, whereas Ross is more Brandon Cooks. I just think I think Boyd's gonna be a target monster all year, and I like him in a game where nobody's talking about him. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great read. We mentioned uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, you know, as someone that DraftKings did not price up. He's only 4,400 there after the big game, six, six catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown against Denver. Obviously, they had the prices out before that game, so he's not adjusted up. Kansas City just gave up uh, 146 yards to uh, DJ Chark and 97 yards to Chris Conley. D.D. Westbrook also scored three receivers, had touchdowns in that game against the Chiefs. Uh, great game script here, you know, a game where we think the Chiefs are going to get out out in front, score a bunch of points. The Raiders are going to have to throw the ball. Uh, how do you deal with Tyrell Williams? we got to think he's going to be super high percentage, at least on DraftKings at 4,400. Yeah, I think he'll be like one of the more popular wide receivers in cash games because you just don't get this kind of production from this price range. I mean, you have, right. obviously we just talked about Ross who's in there who had a good game uh, last week and not necessarily going to do it again. But, you know, now you look like Larry Fitzgerald at Baltimore. You're not going to take that. Um, Corey Davis, if you want to go down that road again, good God. Um, oh. Metcalf is obviously in this range, but he doesn't seem as safe for, for cash game. So I think, um, I think Williams makes perfect sense for cash and you could probably fade him in GPPs uh, just because of the ownership. I mean, if you went in, I'm like, who's going to score more points, Tyrell Williams or Kenny Stills? Like, you know, you have to think about it and thinking about it, it should be enough to be like, all right, well, if one guy is going to be 40% and the other guy is going to be 8%, then you take the 8% guy. Do you have a, a guy you like more between uh, Dante Moncrief and James Washington kind of in this cheap range for the Pittsburgh offense? I think that, you know, Washington's clearly the, the big play air yards guy. Moncrief is the target guy. All he had four drops last week. Three catches for seven yards on 10 targets is really ugly. Do you think the momentum's shifting a little bit towards Washington? Or you think that Moncrief's still the target guy and, and Washington's the deep guy? Uh, I mean, given the... I mean, the targets for Moncrief are, like, fine, are good. Like, you want that. But um, when you're in this price range like you you kind of want the guy who's going to go deep and score a touchdown and so like right. Moncrief I mean obviously it's fine if Moncrief has you know six catches for 60 yards at um 4,000 on on DraftKings but like that's not going to win you a GPP and I don't think he's safe enough uh for cash games even though you know the the targets are there so I think Washington just makes more sense upside wise because he's going to be further down the field 
We talked about the, the, the Giants and, and not being able to stop the Cowboys passing him and all. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup went crazy. Uh, with that in mind, any interest in John Brown or Cole Beasley? John Brown's 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,300 on FanDuel. Beasley's down to 3,800 on DraftKings. Beasley had nine targets last week. The Giants gave up 100 yards to two different receivers we mentioned. John Brown looked great. Seven for 123 on 10 targets against the Jets. Uh, either of these guys uh, you like or think are uh, you know overly playable this week? The benefit is that they're cheap, uh, and so you can fit a few of them in. But um, I don't know. Beasley is Beasley doesn't have like the the upside that you look for for GPP, and so right. uh, I mean you can obviously pay down for that in cash games. But now you're kind of relying on getting a bunch of targets from Josh Allen, which um, <laughs> I mean if if. The, the Giants are terrible, and so Josh Allen can prove that they're terrible uh, with that. But I just don't think it's worth. I don't think you need to pay down this far, especially with with uh, Tyrell Williams fairly, you know, in this range um, where you know he's like a number one and um, in a game that should have a lot of points. So I'm, I, the Bills receivers, yeah, like they're fine, they're cheap, so you'll be able to fit them in with uh, with other good players uh, if you're going to stack this game, which. Um, Good luck. <laughs> yeah, if I had to go between those two guys, it would be John Brown for me. I thought he just looked really good. But yeah. I agree with you. It's uh, probably other receivers I like more. A couple of the guys in the in the low-end range I want to ask you about. Uh, McCole Hardman uh, played 53 snaps last week. We talked about the fact that Tyree Kill is out a bunch. He only had one target somehow, but he's obviously a super fast guy. He's boom or bust. You know, I think they're going to try and drop a couple plays to get him in space this week. Uh, probably a lot of uh, attention by the Raiders on Sammy Watkins. Any interest in uh, McCole Hardman or maybe Demarcus Robinson this week? Both super. Uh, Demarcus Robinson super cheap, thirty five hundred. He played 43 snaps, only had two targets. Uh, we talked about the Raiders giving up a lot of uh, yards to Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. Either of these guys uh, jump out to you as someone that you want to play in a, in a GPP-type situation? Hardman's price on DraftKings, like 4800 is like puzzling for a guy who didn't catch his only target in a game where they yeah, scored Yeah, it's these weird points. that, you know, of all the people that didn't bump up, they clearly bumped him up with, the, with Tyree Kill out. Yeah, uh, and so, I mean, he's... I think he's fine for GPP. I, I, I'm not touching him in, in cash games, but uh, he is at least like a cheaper um, option in the Chiefs passing game, although you mentioned Robinson as well is significantly cheaper. Um, but yeah, it, it does sound like they're going to try to get him the ball, but um, ultimately like they had, they should have had plenty of opportunities last week to get him the ball and they didn't. And so I don't know. It's a, he's like a, a question mark that, makes me makes it tough for me to to go there just based on some other guys that I don't want to call them like proven but like uh you know I feel like you're going to get more out of somebody like Ted Ginn who's cheaper because like you know that they're going to be throwing and even the the Pittsburgh guys are in this range and so like where you're you're going to have to make like a significant jump for Hardman to like justify just not not even like the salary just like using the roster spot on him and a thousand dollars cheaper on DraftKings than than uh, Hardman is Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Uh, still dirt cheap at thirty eight hundred. He looked really good. He had five catches for one hundred twenty yards and, uh, and a touchdown, seven targets. And I watched that game. I had Philadelphia and Survivor, so I kind of was watching that game early. He had a wide open deep ball that uh, Case Keenum actually missed him on. He should have had two long touchdowns. He was open by like three or four yards. Just a bad ball by Keenum. Could be a nice uh, second half game script. They are underdogs to the Cowboys. He just looks like a guy that might be really, really good to me. He looks talented. He looks fast. He looks like they're they're using him a ton. I think this might be the last week to get Terry McLaurin, McLaurin uh, really cheap. Yeah, I think the only 
thing that you have to really consider when you take him is that you are thinking that Case Keenum is good enough to do this two <laughs> weeks in a row. And right. I don't think he is, but I, I mean, th- thankfully the, the salary is low enough where you'll be able to do it. Um, but yeah, he looked very good. And I think this week's matchup is going to be tougher than last week, even though last week's wasn't like easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he makes sense. There are plenty. He's on that list of guys who are like high up in air yards, although he actually like caught a bunch of his passes. Unlike um, Cody Latimer, I think was like one of the top air yards guys. And um, it'll take McLaurin ahead of Latimer like all day. And so um, yeah. there's just like, it certainly makes sense in GPP. And you can use him, uh, you know, against this Dallas stack if you want, you know, like a Dak, uh, Cooper, Gallup, McLaurin. So like that makes sense. But again, like you're the, the whole like Keenum just missed him on a long touchdown. Like that could happen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I do like guys that are getting open. He just looks like a uh, yeah, looks like a pretty re- a good receiver for the for the price under four thousand on draft. He's a guy that uh, I will definitely sprinkle in on some GPP lineups. Uh, before we get to uh, tight ends and a little bit of defense to wrap up here, a note from our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. FantasyDraft.com would like to bring an important message about Rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time these fees called Rake can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise Rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More Rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players, but change has arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game by bringing you Rake-free Daily Fantasy. That's right. You're now able to play your favorite contests without paying any Rake at all. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contest, Rake Free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars of rake every month. Rake Free Daily Fantasy is truly a game changer. Just imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today to take part in the Rake Free Revolution. Use promo code promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. So tight ends this week, I feel like we've kind of hit on a bunch of them as we we're discussing stacks with the quarterbacks and everything. But tight end to me this week pretty much comes down to strategy. If you want to go up top, you can go Kelsey Kittle or even Evan Ingram. We can kind of throw him in there, although he's a, a lot cheaper on DraftKings. He's pretty close on FanDuel. Or if you want to go down cheap, you can go Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Vance McDonald, TJ Hawkinson, all under 4,000 on DraftKings. They did not adjust the tight ends up at all this week, Andrew. It's astonishing. Like it is the like. TJ Hawkins, it's three thousand on DraftKings. I, I didn't even scroll far enough to like realize he was there. Like I, <laughs> I went down and I'm like, I must have missed him because. And then I was like, you keep going, and it was actually I got to Waller first, and Waller is uh, who is he? Thirty two, thirty three hundred on DraftKings, and I was like, oh my gosh, like everybody's gonna have Waller this week because he had such a good game. There's a high total, and I'm like. I keep going and I'm like, wait a minute, why is Hawkinson down here? And like, you're right. Andrews is in this range. Um, he's a little higher, uh, Vance McDonald, who I don't think anybody's considering over these other guys, which only helps his, uh, his lower ownership. Um, love, love. but like I went in thinking like, I want to play Evan Ingram. I said this last week, I ended up not playing him and he had this huge game. And I think it's another great situation for him because we're the, I kind of wrote about this a little bit, like the Buffalo, uh, pass rush is very good. Eli Manning is not very good. And so it's like, well, you have a tight end who maybe needs to stay on the line a little more to block because they're going to get to Manning. But the Giants don't have anybody to catch any passes. Like Ingram is one of these guys, especially if Sterling Shepard sits out. So like I look at the, there is no way that Travis Kelsey is $2,100 on DraftKings better than Evan Ingram this week. No way. And yet like in a cash lineup, 
how can you justify paying 5200 for Ingram when Hawkinson is 3000 Yep. Like, I, it, it, I, I think you, you mentioned this before. Like, I think we're going to see lower ownership on Kelsey because they're just, like, begging you to pay down a tight end this week. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's going to look at that line and scroll down and see Waller, Andrews, and Hawkinson and be like, this is easy. Like, yeah. I think if you ever want to get Travis Kelsey or George Kittle uh, at at way lower percentages than normal, this is the week to do it. It's it's hard to you got to figure out you know where else you're dropping down. But I tell you what, Kittle at 6800 on DraftKings, 700 fatal was going to be I think just overlooked this week. He had two touchdowns called back last week. He had 10 targets. They are going to feed him every week, and no matter what, as long as he's healthy, he's going to see the ball a ton. Uh, in a in a build where I am avoiding the lower end tight ends, I love playing Kittle this week. I think you're going to get him at like four percent owned. I think it's going to be a really nice week to own George Kittle in GPPs. I wouldn't overlook the possibility of playing like three wide, three cheap wide receivers: McLaurin, Washington, and whoever. Uh, I was going to say Cody Latimer, um, and then playing Kelsey and Kittle. That'd be that'd be a really cool build, and one that fits if you want to go cheap at wide receiver. Right. So like you're you're basically playing Kelsey and Kittle uh, instead of like Keenan Allen and Watkins, right. or uh, we didn't even talk about the Minnesota Green Bay game. We casually mentioned Adams, but like Thielen and Diggs, uh, I don't think anybody's playing them this week. But they like threw you the can... ball, they threw the ball ten times last week. <laughs> That's a fair point. They, they should throw more this week. Yeah, I mean they were they were way ahead, but it, I mean it's it's clear that they're they're shifting a little bit towards running the ball more. But yeah, it's uh, if you want Thielen or Diggs at a, a way lower percentage than normal, this is the week. Right. So like, there, I mean, there are a number of like guys in the Kelsey Kittle salary range who are wide receivers we didn't even talk about. I mean, like Kenny Galladay is there, T. Y. Hilton. Like, I think those guys are perfectly fine, and they're fine enough that people will go to them in these price ranges because they're like, oh, I'm just going to pay down a tight end that. Um, playing both like Kelsey and Kittle can be just as productive as any of those wide receivers. And if you have both of them, like even if they're even in a situation where they're both owned and we don't even think they're going to be owned this week, like who on earth is going to have both of them? Uh, nobody's going to have both of them. And Kelsey was three for 88 last week on eight targets. And, uh, Patrick Mahomes missed him in the end zone because he attempted a no look pass on purpose. Yeah. Maybe he'll look. So, I mean, yeah, he'll look this week, and no Tyreek Hill. Uh, you gotta love Kelsey getting very involved. They're gonna. We've got Sammy Watkins, and then a bunch of kind of you know younger, un, unproven receivers. It's got to be a week that I think that Mahomes is gonna lean pretty good on Kelsey. Yeah, it, I mean, unfortunately, we kind of said that last week. That right, it seemed but, like a good Kelsey week. Although, like, if, he'll... if he looks, if he looks at him, it is a good Kelsey week. <laughs> he was wide ass open in the end zone. It was ridiculous. Fair point. Fair point. So among the cheaper guys, we've got, I think that the three popular ones will be Andrews, Hawkinson, and Darren Waller. Waller was not uh, priced up because of the Monday Night Football game, we thought, but maybe they just didn't price up uh, yeah. tight ends at all. Do you have a strong preference among the three if you are going to go down to that range? Uh, for me, I love shifting to Vance McDonald. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, I don't like his targets last week. All four of his targets were in the fourth quarter, kind of in garbage time. They were not used at all in the first three quarters. But uh, Seattle gave up nine catches, 93 yards to CJ Uzoma and Tyler Eifert last week. So they can obviously be gotten in their secondary, as we mentioned multiple times. Do you have a guy in this lower range that you you like more than the others? Uh, it was going to be Waller until I saw Hawkinson's price. Like, I just <laughs> didn't expect. I I I saw Waller's price, and I was like, okay, it makes, it makes sense because we see Josh Jacobs' price down. And Tyrell Williams priced down. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, and I just, what you can do with a $3,000 Hawkinson elsewhere in your lineup is just too good to pass up for me. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. He had 142 air yards, yeah. 25 more than any other tight end. Um, six for Buck, 31 on nine targets. And obviously the, the matchup gets tougher this week. You know, we had Arizona last week this week against the Chargers. I almost said the Clippers. Every time I see LAC, I think Clippers. Um, <laughs> I still search for San Diego. But, yeah, no doubt. Tougher matchup, but I just think he's incorrectly priced on drafting. He's 6000 on Fandle. He's twice as expensive. So you can you could definitely move around on Fandle between different uh, yeah. tight ends. And you, you can... Kittle's only 1100 more than Hawkinson on FanDuel. So it's very much different on the two sides this week. I think at DraftKings, it's, it's going to be hard not to go cheap at tight end. I mean, you look at uh, Darren Waller looked like the second receiving option in, yeah. in Oakland pretty clearly behind Tyrell Williams. Yeah, sure did. And, and that was in a game that they really didn't have to throw that much. Like they right. ran this, Josh Jacobs a ton, and theoretically they should be throwing in this one. Um, yeah. One last targets in that game, and he gets Chiefs this week. You got to like that. Too. Exactly, exactly. One last thing on Hawkinson. He's $100 cheaper this week. Than he was last week. Well, I mean, he didn't do very much last week, so it makes sense. <laughs> very odd. It just feel like someone hit three instead of five or something. It was something, just something like a, something. a flat out mistake. Yeah. Um, defenses really quickly last week. Uh, Got to give you a lot of credit. You, uh, we were talking defenses. You mentioned the lower owned uh, San Francisco 49ers. They had two interceptions returned for touchdowns. Richard Sherman and Akella Witherspoon. Uh, you called that really well. You just pretty much nailed how they're going to play against Jameis Winston. So props on that one. Uh, who's your uh, sneaky defense this week? Because I'm just going to ride that until it uh, gives me a reason not to. The New York Football Giants. Wow, going anti Josh Allen. It's interesting. Same kind of theory as Winston, right? Uh, I mean the the Jets outscored the Patriots and the Ravens last week. They almost doubled they're, the Patriots. Their fantasy so, defenses, obviously. Fan, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I, New England. That's, that's interesting. New England won by 30 and had 10 DraftKings points. The Ravens won by 49 and had 13. And the Jets lost and had 18 fantasy points. That is, uh, that, that's pretty wild. I guess they had, what, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and one sack and a touchdown, right? And a safety. They had a safety. Uh, oh, they had a safety. <laughs> and I think that's, the Jets' uh... defense is better than the Giants, but Josh Allen is, like, fits the Jameis Winston. Like, they're, they can be a little sloppy. The turnovers are there. And you can pay 3900 for the Bears at Denver. You can pay 3800 on DraftKings for the Ravens home against Arizona. Um, New England is 3700 Those are the three most expensive. Um, or you could save $1,400 and go with the Giants. I, uh, I like the other side of this game. I like Buffalo at 3400 on DraftKings. Uh, they, their demons looked really swarming to me. They had four sacks against Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to force Eli into a lot of mistakes. They could. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be, that's a good one for me. I like them on DraftKings 3400. The other one's interesting to me, huge price disparity. Uh, the Texans are 4800 on FanDuel and 2800 on DraftKings going against a new quarterback in Gardner Minshew. Uh, clearly FanDuel priced that up. They priced up a lot of the kind of injury uh, situations and they did that one too. Just the large disparity there. I think that, uh, you know, anytime I can get a, a, a defense that, you know, winning against the Saints didn't look great, but I think it's going to gonna make some waves. And obviously, J.J. Watt is a, a special player. Anytime I can get that at 2,800 against a new quarterback, I know Minshew looked really good when he came back against the Chiefs, but they're going to game plan for him this week. They're going to show him some different stuff. If I can get that under 3,000, that uh, it's interesting to me and a, a shot I want to take. It seems like Minshew's game last week could be like the best he's he'll ever be. Uh, I agreed. And, he was he was really good, and it, I was shocked by it. Right, like to the point where you were like, "Why did they even spend all this money on Foles if they had this guy?" Right. Um, but yeah, so now we've got a whole week. Um, I, I I totally agree. I think the Texans are a great pay down option as well. Um, they're probably better than you know. They're probably worth the three hundred 
away from the Giants. But uh, yeah, that does seem like an odd um, price discrepancy because um, like the Texans should control that game pretty easily. Uh, yeah, one would think, and I, I think that they'll force Minshew into some mistakes. So that's uh, them and them and the Bills are probably my two favorite defense. But I'm gonna look at the Giants. That's an interesting one at, at a super low price, and you gotta always like when you can lock that in. And uh, after your 49ers call, I'm on board with uh, your defense calls. <laughs> the irony is that um, coming from soccer, and this applies to hockey as well. Like goalkeeper, we joke around is like for GPPs, it's the most important position on the like anywhere, but it's by far the hardest to predict. And, uh, I am horrible at picking goalies, like (laughs) either sport. I'm horrible at it. Like we have a thing in our, are you just picking soccer goalies to win? Uh, it's win saves, uh, clean sheets. Like the, that's basically it. And just a lot of times, um, the way that the scoring system works, a lot of saves can make up for allowing a bunch of goals. But anyway, um, so the variance is just very high and I'm so bad at it that one of the features that we offer uh, as part of a Rotowire subscription is access to our uh, subscriber chat where people will ask me who my goalkeeper is and they will specifically choose a different one. Like I, I, I have just horrible goalkeeper luck and defense in football is kind of the same thing. Like right. the, they're all based on the, on the odds uh, generally. Uh, and so if you pay down, you know, the variance is there, blah, blah, blah. And Week one, I nailed it, but I have to warn everybody that there are a lot of similarities, and I am very, very bad at the things that are similar to picking NFL defenses. Well, uh, my my whole theory for week two is not to overreact to week one, except for when it comes to you and defense. I'm gonna overreact. <laughs> I'm gonna overreact fully to that one. Okay, okay. Um, we'll we'll know like obviously when we pod next week if I have a streak going, or maybe it's just that the 49ers are really good. It could be those uh, those defensive ends are a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't like mm-hmm. did not like how um, Garoppolo looked overall. Made some good balls, made some really bad passes. So I think this week could be interesting to see uh, if he can step it up and kind of get some of the more of the rust off. But their defense looked uh, looked way different to me for sure. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, a pass rush will take you very far in the NFL. No, no doubt there. Just ask the Giants playing yeah. the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah. Anything? Anybody else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? I think uh, that's everybody I wanted to touch on. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Andrew is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen. Anything you want us to address in future podcasts or any ideas or comments, we would happy to happy to take them there. Other than that, thanks everybody for listening. If you could please rate and review the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that too. Thanks again to Yahoo Fantasy Sports for sponsoring the podcast. Hope everybody has a fantastic week too. We'll be at you uh, at, back at you next Friday for week three. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.